And how about that Robinson kid from Franklin? Huh? Holy cow. What a game that was last night. So exciting times for uh, the Cats fans, Big Blue Nation, and, and uh, the Robinson family. Uh, man, we're just glad to, to see you today. Glad you've taken time to join us on this day of worship. If you're watching us online, we're thrilled that you're, uh, you've jumped on with us this morning, whether you're at home or maybe traveling or uh, where, wherever it is that you are. We're, we're glad you've taken time to join us on this day of worship. Uh, let, me, let me pray for us as we get started this morning. Father, again, we're just thankful for this day that you've blessed us with and for the opportunity to be in this place. Father, what a great way to start a new year here with you. Father, we thank you for inviting us into this place, and we thank you for the presence of your spirit, and we pray, Father, that you'll move in great ways, not just this day, but every day that you give us breath. Father, most of all, we thank you for your son Jesus for life that we have because of what he did for us. Father, may we, may we live lives that honor him each and every day. It's in his most precious name we pray. Amen. So, do you have a favorite holiday? You know, I did some digging last week online, and I found a list of the top 14 most popular holidays in the United States for 2021. Now, I'm sure there are plenty of other sources that, that would give you a different list, but here's what noinsiders.com had for their most popular holidays. Ready? Here, number one was Thanksgiving. Number two was Independence Day. Number three was Martin Luther King Day. Number four was President's Day. Number five was Memorial Day. Number six was Veterans Day. Number seven was Easter. Number eight was Christmas. Number nine was New Year's Day. Number 10 was Halloween. Number 11 was Valentine's Day. 12 was St. Patrick's Day. 13 was Labor Day. And 14 was Columbus Day. You know, I, I hate to say this, but I didn't even realize some of those were holidays. I know my boss doesn't give me a day off for some of those on that list, so does it really make it a holiday? In, in my digging around for holidays, I did run across one day that, as far as I'm concerned, should probably be considered a holiday. It's called Good Riddance Day. Have you ever heard of it before, Good Riddance Day? Good Riddance Day was inspired by a Latin American tradition in which New Year's revelers would stuff dolls with objects representing bad memories from the previous year before setting them on fire. That's an interesting twist to the old Build-A-Bear idea, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently, Good Riddance Day, which I believe is now observed on December 28th, has become an annual tradition that takes place in Times Square, where folks toss or shred or smash unpleasant, embarrassing, and downright unwanted memories from the past year. I mean, doesn't that, doesn't that sound like a lot of fun? I mean, as I read about this idea of smashing things, I was reminded of the comedian Gallagher and his big sledge-o-matic that he would bring out at any of his shows. Any, any of you older folk remember Gallagher? Yeah. It also reminded me when David Letterman would drop things off the top of the Ed Sullivan building on his late-night shows. Any of you remember that? I mean, is there anything that comes to mind for you from 2021 that you would like to drop off a building or to smash with a big old sledge matic Something that you would like to say good riddance to? I mean, let's be honest. I think most of us would like to sledge matic 2020 and 2021, wouldn't you? I mean, it's been, a tough, it's been a tough two years in our country, in our commonwealth, in our communities, in our homes, and even in our church. Yet even in the midst of that, God is still good, amen? And isn't it great to know 
that this weekend provides us a fresh start with a new year. And you know, a new year always brings a sense of excitement and anticipation and optimism and, and hope and promise. Now, how many of you made New Year's resolutions Friday evening or, or maybe yesterday after having the chance to sleep in? I hate to admit it, but I'm, I'm not one to usually do that stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like challenging myself and being challenged, but I, I guess I'm just not disciplined enough to sit down and say, okay, what do I want to accomplish in my resolutions or my commitments for the coming year? And since I, since I haven't uh, made any for 22, I've decided, well, let, let me go looking for some, see what's out there online. And I love, I love this New Year's resolution idea that I saw on the New York Post top 50 resolutions for 2022. Are you ready for it? Lose, gain, or maintain weight. <laughs> I, I promise you, I'm not making it up. That is exactly what it said. Now that right there is my kind of resolution because at the end of the year, I win no matter what I do. I mean, if I lose weight, I win. If I gain weight, I win. If I maintain my current weight, I win. I mean, doesn't that sound like the best resolution of all time? Lose, gain, or maintain weight. You know, based off of that, I thought of a few more resolutions for 2022. Read a book or watch the movie. I mean, I'd much rather watch a movie than I would spend time reading a book. How about food prep weekly or just go out to eat every day? Work more or work less? Eat more? exercise less. <laughs> I heard the story the other day of this guy who was at a New Year's Eve party. He turned to his friend and said, hey man, can, can I get a cigarette? His friend replied back, well, I, I thought you'd made a, a New Year's resolution to quit smoking. Well, I'm, I'm in the process of quitting, the guy said. Right now, I'm in the middle of phase one. With a puzzled look on his face, his friend said, phase one? Yeah, phase one. I've quit buying. Now, now, I do want us to spend a few moments this morning just talking about some New, New Year's resolutions for us, some commitments which I believe will make a tremendous difference in each of our lives if we will follow through with them, commitments that I think can and will significantly impact each of our lives. Now, these are not commitments that I've come up with or, or made up on my own. No, these are commitments that our God encourages us to make that can be found in his word. And I truly believe that if each of us will do them, if we'll follow his advice, then 2022 could be an unbelievable year for each of us, for each of our families, for each of our friends, and most definitely this church and the work that God has called us to in our community. You ready? Here we go. Commitment number one. Commit yourself to forget your failures. Now, if you have your Bible with you this morning, or maybe you've got an app on your phone, I invite you to open it to the book of Philippians. It's a little book in the New Testament written by this guy named Paul. Now, Paul's this really cool dude who's responsible for most of the books in the New Testament. And he's writing this book to the Christians that are in the town of Philippi, and he shares these words with them. We're going to be in chapter 3, looking at verses 13 and 14. I'll have the words on the screen for you as well this morning if you want to follow along. But here's what Paul says. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
I mean, isn't that some great advice to start the new year off with? I mean, that advice right there has withstood the test of time. Forget about what is behind. I mean, is there a more relevant or practical piece of advice to start 2022 with than those words that Paul shared almost 2,000 years ago? I mean, when you stop and think about it, isn't it amazing that words that were written some 2,000 years ago are still applicable to us today? You know, it's almost like Paul was writing to me, Dear John, or, or like he was writing to us, my, my friends at Capital City Christian, forget what is behind. Forget what is behind. You know, we don't have to live our lives imprisoned by our past, whether it be 2021 or 2011 or even further back. Father Jim Shishko, many of you might have heard of that name from around this neck of the woods. He posted this comment on Twitter this week that I thought was really powerful. He said, the first rule of 2022 is not to dwell on what went wrong in 2021. God has a plan. Forget what is behind. You know, I would like to think that I am wrong with this statement, but my guess is that all of us have failed in some way in our lives this past year. You don't have to raise your hands, but if you made a New Year's resolution for 2021, how many of you kept them? I know I didn't. Now, I know I said just a few moments ago that normally I don't make resolutions, but last year I did. And I made it about 45 days into my resolution before quitting. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that my failures, my, my, my lack of commitment, my lack of follow-through isn't recorded for people to see, but it is recorded, isn't it? It's recorded in our hearts and in our minds. And oftentimes, our failures are painful memories for us. Maybe the painful memory of, a, of how you failed in a relationship. Maybe the painful memory of how you made the wrong decision. Maybe the painful memory of how you said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing. Maybe a painful memory of how you failed your children in some way. The painful memory of how you failed your parents the painful memory of how you failed yourself. You allowed yourself to get involved in something that you knew was wrong. Maybe the painful memory of how you failed your Heavenly Father. And you know, yet even with that, God speaks to us through this man, Paul, and says it's time to forget about what is behind you. Forget about what is past. Forget about the mistakes that you made, whether intentional or unintentional. Just forget about it. You know, the start of the new year is a good time for us to take on this commitment or, or to be reminded of how important this commitment is. To say to ourselves that I am going to, with the help of God, forget about the mistakes that I made in 2021. Forget about the stuff that I've allowed to hold me back. To, to stop torturing myself or, or beating myself up for what I did or did not do this past year or even in years gone by. The start of the new year is a great time to stop being chained to our past failures. One of our members here at the church posted this, this meme on Facebook earlier this week that I thought was really powerful. Here's what it said. It says, if you continue to carry the bricks from your past, you will end up building the same house. Folks, the start of a new year is a great time to remind ourselves that Christ has extended forgiveness to us. That when we became a follower of his, that that forgiveness becomes a reality in our lives. And that when we accept his forgiveness, it allows us to forgive 
ourselves, to forget about our failures, to, to empty our backpacks of the bricks from our past that we've been carrying. Do you need to make that New Year commitment? Commit yourselves to forget about your failures. Maybe today's the day you say good riddance to those things. Commitment number two comes again to us from, from this man, Paul. Let's look at some more words that he writes, but this time he's writing to a different group of Christ followers in his book to the Colossians. In Colossians 3, starting in verse 12, again, I'll, I'll have the words up here on the screen for you this morning if you want to follow along. Paul shares these words with us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, he says, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Did you notice that Paul actually calls us to three commitments in these three verses? In verse 12, he says, as God's chosen people, clothe yourselves or, or commit yourselves to be compassionate and kind and gentle and humble and patient. In verse 13, he says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. And then in verse 14, he, he wraps it all up when he says, now over all of these virtues, over all of this stuff that I've just written you about, I want you to put on love because love is the thing that binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, while all three of them would be great commitments for us to make as we begin 2022, I want to focus just on the one commitment that we find in verse 13. And I challenge each of us to commit ourselves to give up our grudges as we start the new year. In verse 13, I believe God is challenging us, just as he did to Christ's followers in Colossae some 2,000 years ago, to, to give up our grudges. I don't know that it can be said any simpler or made more plain than in these words that Paul shared. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against someone. You know, grievances can oftentimes turn into grudges, and grudges oftentimes lead us to unforgiving attitudes and actions. And ultimately, grudges become dangerous because they can become destructive. Grudges destroy marriages. You've seen it. Grudges break up families. You've seen it. Grudges ruin friendships. You've seen it. Grudges split churches. You've seen it. Grudges cause people to leave churches. You've seen it. And unfortunately, we, we see this impacting local churches in a negative way all across our country when Christians hold grudges against one another. You know, sadly, this is not the only time that God addresses this issue of or this idea, excuse me, of forgiving your grievances or, or your grudges that you have with someone, especially in the church. Jesus himself specif specifically addresses it in Matthew's book when he says, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus, I believe, called out those who were listening to him who had issues with someone. And in short, I think what Jesus was saying was, you know what, your gift is no good if you've got a grievance or you've got a grudge against someone in the family, in the church. And folks, I think these words are applicable to us today. 
See, grudges can be self-destructive. I read the other day of a man in Nevada who took his own life with a car bomb after trying to kill a former co-worker by setting a bomb off outside the co-worker's home. The article gave no reason other than you had this disgruntled employee who at one time worked alongside this other man. And my guess is something happened between the two of them, but I, but I don't know that for sure. The article stated that the bomber had actually moved away from the community, but had come back to the town to set off the bombs. Harboring that grudge, harboring that grudge, no matter how big or, or how small it was, led to this man's death. And it can do the same to us. And you know, even if it doesn't, it can impact us in other ways, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. In his book, In the Grip of Grace, Max Licato writes, the key to forgiving others is to quit focusing on what they did to you and start focusing on what God did for you. Unforgiving servants, he says, always end up in prison. Prisons of anger and guilt and depression. God doesn't put us in prisons, he writes. We create our own. Let me be clear, he says. Hatred will sour your outlook and break your back. The load of bitterness is simply too heavy. Your, your knees will buckle under the strain and your heart will break beneath the weight. The mountain before you, he writes, is steep enough without the heaviness of hatred being on your back. The wisest choice, the only choice, he says, is for you to drop the anger. You will never be called upon, he writes, to give any more grace than God has already given you. You will never be called upon to give any more grace than God has already given you. Man, that right there is a drop the mic statement, isn't it? And that is why it is so important for us to hear the words of Jesus and the Apostle Paul and to make a commitment to give up our grudges as we head into this new year. I mean, do you really want to spend the rest of your life in a prison? Do you need to make that New Year commitment to bear with someone and to forgive whatever grievance you have with them? Let today be the day you say good riddance to those grudges and grievances. Now, the third commitment that God encourages us to make in this New Year can be found in another book that Paul wrote. <laughs> you know, it's hard not to reference him when he's the one responsible for almost half of of the New Testament, but this time he's writing to the church in Rome. So if you can find Romans chapter 12, and again, I'll have the words on the screen for you here. Romans chapter 12, verse 18, Paul again writing to the Christians, and he says these words. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, that's a big commitment right there, isn't it? But I believe God is personally challenging us and encouraging us to do all we can to restore relationships that might have gone wrong in our lives. Now, I realize there are some relationships that might not be able to be restored. You know, the other person in the relationship may not want restoration. And I believe God recognizes that because the verse starts with these words, if it is possible. And sometimes it's not possible. But... If we are honest, we might have to admit that some of our relationships have gone wrong because of what we have done. And Paul says, as far as it depends on you. If you're the one who has caused the issue, if you're the one who has caused the problem, then you have the responsibility to do everything that you can to restore that relationship 
And sometimes that means manning up and admitting that we made a mistake and then asking for forgiveness. Sometimes I finish uh, wedding ceremonies by giving the bride and groom 12 words that they need to make sure are a part of their lives from that day forward. It's four sets of three words, which I hope make it easy for them to remember, but you know, usually after they've said their vows and they've exchanged rings and maybe even kissed, I'm sure my words fall on deaf ears. I mean, I can't imagine what else they would be thinking of, but here's what I say. 12 words for you. Words that you need to make sure are part of your vocabulary from this day forward. I was wrong. I mean, those are some tough words to say, but sometimes we have to man up and admit when we did wrong and take responsibility. I am sorry. Again, tough words to say, but when we do something that hurts someone that, that we love, we must take that first step to reconcile and heal our relationship. Please forgive me. We often need it, and sometimes it's hard to give, but it's vital if our relationship is to sustain the test of time to say those words. And then the last three, I love you. Words that we all love to hear. And it's important that we let the other person in the relationship hear them. Not, not just by the actions that you say or think, but by the words that flow from our lips every day that God gives us breath. Are those words a part of your vocabulary? Is there someone this morning who comes to mind that you need to share them with? Keith Drury writes, restitution is going back and, and making things right for things that you took. But restitution deals with more than just property. He says it is going back and making things right for the hurtful things that I've said or done. He said, it's far easier for me to reveal a story than to tell you of the difficult and painful times when I've had to ask my wife or my boys or my boss or my friends or my secretary to forgive me. Restitution is asking forgiveness for harsh words, for a quick tongue, for cutting remarks. It's asking forgiveness from a brother, a mother you caused heartache to, or a former spouse which you maligned. Restitution is confessing and seeking forgiveness from an old business partner, from a neighbor, or from a roommate. It's, it's admitting my past errors in relationships and humbly seeking forgiveness from the one I've hurt. And it's harder to make personal restitution than property restitution. But maybe God is challenging us this morning. That with the start of the new year, now would be a good time, maybe even the right time, to say good riddance to the hurts that have taken place in our life or that we have caused in someone else's life and to restore the relationship that has been broken. Are you willing to make that commitment? Now, one final commitment that I believe God is challenging us to, and this one is going to require all of us to do our part. You know, we have a big vision that is displayed out in our lobby. It's not a vision that our staff or our leadership came up with. No, this vision came from Jesus himself. It's a vision. It's, it's a command. It's a challenge. It's a, it's a commitment that he gave to his 11 disciples found in the last few verses of the book written by Matthew. But you know what? It wasn't just for those 11 guys. It was for anyone 
who would become a follower of his. In Matthew chapter 28, we read these words, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, our vision that's out there on the wall there in the lobby isn't exactly worded like that, but the idea is still the same. You've heard us say it around here before. The vision for Capital City is to go and make Christ-driven 24-7 Jesus followers. And you know who that vision is for? It's for all of us. It's not just a vision for those who are on the paid staff, but unfortunately a lot of Christians think that way. And it's not just a vision for those who serve in elected positions like an elder, but unfortunately a lot of Christians think that way. And it's not just a vision for people who are on the stage or, or who are leading a class or maybe a life group. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians think that way. This vision that Jesus cast, this challenge that he laid out, this commitment that he called for is to anyone who calls themselves a follower of Christ. But for many, though, this is a scary commitment. We're afraid of the questions that we might get asked. We're afraid we won't have the right answer. We're afraid that our past has been too bad. We're afraid we might not say the right thing. But isn't it great to know that Jesus can take ordinary people like you and me and use us to help someone have a life-changing experience, to make an eternal difference in someone's life? He did it with a bunch of fishermen. He did it with people that many considered to be outcasts of society in that day and time. And he wants to use us to make a difference in the lives of people in our community. So are you willing to take on that commitment? I mentioned a few moments ago that we have a big vision for our church, and we have a big vision for 2022 for our community. One that's going to require each of us to do our part. Our vision, our goal for 2022 is to do everything we can to nudge people in our community toward Christ. We hope that 363 days from now, on December 31st, 2022, that we will have nudged some 12 to 18,000 people in our community towards Jesus Christ. That sounds big, doesn't it? But we, can, we, we believe it can be done. In some way, over the course of this next year, we want to plant a seed that will be watered that God will begin to grow. We want to say to someone in our community, just like Philip did his friend Nathaniel, come and see. And here's how it's going to work. Each month in 2022, we're going to have cards for you to take and to use to nudge someone towards Christ. That card may highlight something that is going on at the church during that month, or it may just be some random act of kindness that we do in hopes of sharing God's grace and truth. Every month, we will have 1,500 cards printed for our church family to use to nudge someone towards Christ. 1,500 cards divided amongst our church family means that if each adult will take two, or each couple will take maybe three or four, that we should be able to make 1,500 nudges each month for the cause of Christ. This month, we begin our challenge with a card that we've used over the past few years. We used to call them our, our Yes, It's Free cards. Now, the card looks just a little bit different now, but we hope that you're going to take two or three of these cards and that you'll use them to pay for someone's meal at a drive-thru line or at a coffee shop or maybe in a restaurant. 
It's a simple way to share God's love and grace and possibly nudge someone a little closer to him. Now, if during the course of this year you need help covering the cost of that nudge, you bring me the receipt and we'll help you cover their cost. But let me ask, are you willing to jump on board with this big vision that we have for 2022? This morning when you leave, there are going to be these cards laid out on a table going out both doors. I hope that you'll grab some and that you'll begin using them this week to nudge somebody towards Christ. Four commitments that I believe God is calling us to. A commitment to forget what is behind. A commitment to forgive your grievances. A commitment to restore a relationship. And a commitment to nudging someone towards Christ. Today, maybe your commitment needs to be to Him. Maybe you need to start this new year off by beginning a relationship with Him. What better way to begin the new year than by committing yourself to be a follower of His? Doing that will help these four commitments that we've talked about today be made easier for each of us in 2022. This morning, I'd be happy to talk with you about that decision during this next song that Vern and the team are going to lead us to. Maybe God has laid something else on your heart. Let's talk about it. We have an elder in the prayer room back over here in this corner who would love to talk with you, to pray with you, or to, to share with you. Don't leave here today without talking to someone if God's laid something on your heart. Let's stand and sing.